Social Media Mindset Podcast. Social media is hard, but trying to do social media as somebody else is impossible. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome? Do you hate seeing yourself on camera? Are you unsure of what platform to be on and how often to show up there? Well, join the club. On every episode, you'll hear a real life person talk about their successes and struggles on social media, how they overcame their own insecurities, and they'll give practical insight for you to apply today. So if you're ready, let's start the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Social Media Mindset. And I am excited because, you know, a lot of the people that come on here, you know, I, if I'm being honest, like I'm better than them at social media, and <laughs> but they're good at something. But today I'm pumped because you're, I, I think you're better than me at most of this oh, stuff. And, and so I love disagree. watching what you do. <laughs> And, and so, but before Rachel, before I, I let you take over this episode and I just sit back and relax guys, I have Rachel Carter with me. Rachel is a senior mortgage broker with the R and D mortgage group. She's an education specialist. She is a model and, and, and I guess there's just, there's so much going on in her life and, and she doesn't just operate one Instagram channel at a high level. She does two of them like just rubbing it in our face that she's twice as good as the rest of us. But Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am very flattered by all of those things you said, and you're more than welcome to continue to flatter me. Of course. My love language is words of affirmation. <laughs> so in my insides, I'm all excited, but thank you for having me on. I've seen your podcast many times. It pops up on my feed all the time. So I'm glad that we were I able to it. do this before I, you know, have to take off for a little bit. So right. it's you exciting. leave tomorrow to I go do. to the other side um, of the world. I am. I'm going to work remote for two weeks from Rome and London and uh, David, it. my partner, um, he's going to be running things back here, but I trust him with everything. Uh, all of our files are still going to close on time. All of our new contracts are going in right. I trained him like six years ago. So I definitely, if he ever leaves, everything's taken care of by me. And if I ever leave, everything's taken care of by him. So I am very I excited it. to go. The way a team should work. Exactly. And Honestly. So, so I want to, I want to just jump in here because you, you leverage social media at a high level. And, and so talk to us about like, I, I love when like realtors talk about how like, Oh, I'm trying to rebrand myself and they're, you know, they're focused on their colors and a new logo. And like, when you think of brand for, for what you do, how does that play out on social media? So branding is something that you have to be your brand. Your brand is not your logo. Your yeah. brand is not the name of your team. The brand is not the company you work for, the brokerage you hang your hat at. If anything is your brand, it's your freaking face. Whether yeah. you like your face or you don't like your face, it doesn't matter. But you right here, that is your brand. So if... <laughs> I find that people that really hate their brand or are constantly reinventing their brand need to take a long, hard look at who they are and if they like themselves. Yeah. That's a very philosophical response to a very shallow thing, which is social media and a lot of people's respect. 
But I think when it comes to branding, I really don't stress some of the things that people really get all up here with that anxiety that builds whenever they're posting or they're launching a new brand or something like that. Part of that is taking a good hard look at yourself and the business that you're running or the business you'd like to run and saying, do I trust myself to do this thing? And if you really love yourself and trust yourself and you like yourself right now, you don't have to like everything about your life right now. You don't have to have all the money. You don't have to have all the stuff. I mean, you don't have to have the perfect marriage or the perfect kids or anything. But if you genuinely like who you are, it makes branding a lot easier because you're more likely to put yourself out there because you're less concerned about being judged. Because if a bunch of strangers are like, wow, um, she looks really stupid and you know, there's like three or four people that are like, wow, that's really good information. You're not going to listen to all the people that think you're stupid. The people that are like, wow, that's really good information. They're going to come to you and they're going to feel all of those warm fuzzies inside of you because you're not doing it for validation. You're doing it because you're running a business. And so many people in this industry don't like themselves and you can really tell in their brand because they're constantly reinventing themselves. They're constantly pushing out different types of media that are, uh, they're just not fully executed. Um, And there's a difference between like taking the leap of faith and putting yourself out there and really running with it confidently with like a genuine excitement where you're like, you know what? I only have 50% of the brand done, but I'm so excited. Let's go. And then there's like, I'm going to push it out, even though it's not ready. And I'm God, I'm going to screw this up, but it's fine. I guess. I mean, you're not trusting yourself to just run with it until you build it into what you want it to be. Yeah. So, so let's dig deeper into this, right? Like, I think you and I can, it's easy to say, right? Like you got to be more confident. You got to, you know, you got to love yourself more. You got to be more accepting of who you are. That's such an easy answer for us. But we know the issue is they hear you say that and then they go, but you don't understand, you know, like you're pretty and I'm not, or you have hair, you know, your hair's amazing. My hair's not like, so what is, what is that practical advice? Like if you're sitting down with a girlfriend that is just struggling with identity, how are you kind of holding her hand through that? So it is a super common thing for women to talk about is our self-confidence. I think it's less common for men to talk about it. And that really makes me sad because social yeah. social media and mental health for men has come so far. And I mm-hmm. think more men are understanding how harsh the world is on women, especially millennial women who came up in a generation where if you were not a hundred pounds, you were like the scourge of the earth and no one was ever going to love you, which is literally something that was told to me as a child. Like, Oh my God. And now that like I make money as a plus size woman, it does help my confidence go up because you're hearing more positive things from exterior sources. But I have also been on set with straight size models that are like really thin that they don't eat or I always joke they're cocaine and vodka is like breakfast. And you're like, wow, no wonder you're so skinny. Um, but also there's a lot of lack of self-worth, um, across the board for men, for women, for straight size women, for curvy women, for short guys, for tall guys in Dallas. And the Metroplex, unfortunately is a very, very 
beautiful place with a lot of very beautiful people, a lot of very vain people. Yeah. So growing up, I think there was a great force of fake it till you make it. Yeah. But that only goes so far and you can really, um, you can really see when someone's forcing it or you feel like their, their conversations are rehearsed. There's nothing wrong with scripting, but if you are living by the script, it, it, you, it feels fake. So the practical question or practical answers that I'm giving to friends of mine, even on my social media, when I'm talking about wearing a dress that you would never wear out because you feel like it makes you look a certain way or wow, why would I ever do that? Those shorts are too short or that dress is too tight. What I tell them is, is the problem, the dress is the problem, the clothes, or when was the last time that you seriously stopped and looked in the mirror and actually like looked at yourself, no makeup, pull your hair back, find the most unflattering lighting possible and just looked at yourself. And the thing is, is that they've done a bunch of studies on this, where if you really are looking at yourself, not in a vain way, not in like, oh my God, look how beautiful I am way where you're looking at, you know, vanity, but really in a way that when you surround yourself with faces that you consider beautiful, that mirror yours, then you become more in like channeled into the idea that you have your own inner beauty. So Mm. for example, if you are a curvy woman and you think, or you're a curvy guy and you think following a bunch of size zero bikini models that are bodybuilders is good motivation. It's actually doing the opposite. You're killing your self-worth. You are constantly bombarding yourself. You're putting this on a pedestal of these people are pretty and I am not. These women are beautiful and I am not. And you see that with a lot of women of color where they've had media shove blonde hair and blue eyes down their throat, where they have a question of like, am I beautiful? Because I don't Mm -hmm. look like that. And you have it with shorter men who are constantly told that tall men are attractive, right? It's, you really have to surround yourself with men and women who fit your kind of boundaries of what you would like to look at. But realistically, my body is never going to look like that. I'm never going to be 5'2". Why? Because I'm 5'8". It's just, I can't shrink and get small. Why don't I look at other women that are 5'8", that are strong, that are curvy, that have a body shape like me, and just really attach myself to that ideal of my body is beautiful too. My spirit is beautiful. I'm smart. I am capable. And I think a lot of men maybe don't do that as much as women are starting to. And that is a huge key to building confidence because then you're surrounding yourself by other people who in a past life, you may have looked at and be like, wow, she's heavy set. She must be really like down on herself. And I bet she wishes she was skinny or man, I could never wear a dress like that to go show a house because I feel like my butt is too big where now you're looking at and you're like, wow, that one looks really good. You know, I kind of look like that. I could rock that look. And that change happens over time, but it starts with really looking at yourself and giving yourself positive affirmations in the morning, whether you're a man or you're a woman talking to yourself in the mirror or in the car, even, you know, it doesn't have to be, I am beautiful. I am wonderful, but everyone's got a little mantra. Like, well, and so, yeah, I have on the podcast, people can't see this because it won't be video where you're listening. But like, I have like affirmation cards that I write that I say out loud. I say each one out loud three times, you know, when I first sit at my office and it feels so dumb, but right. Like what I'm learning is like my brain only knows what I feed it. And it doesn't need me to say things out loud to know what I think. Right. So 
when I think those negative thoughts, like everything you're saying, no wonder I don't have the confidence to then go to that event or do the video because I've convinced myself that I suck at everything. And that's another thing is social anxiety is a real problem, especially after COVID. I really could never put my thumb on it because when I was in high school and in college, um, my mom always used to call me her social butterfly because she was like, oh, you could just literally talk to anybody, which was true, but it was a lot of just word vomit. I would just get so excited about where I was. I would literally talk about anything and I would, in, in essence, I would be acquaintances with everyone, but I had no real deep friendships. Right. And to me, I didn't realize why that was happening because women are diagnosed with ADHD so late in life compared to men, because when you're in elementary school and you're chatty or fidgety, you're just a chatty, talkative, bossy girl, right? Mm-hmm. But with boys, when they're running around, they're like, man, he needs to be on some Ritalin, Right. I was, I was just thought I was chatty. That's why I was always, oh, she's just social. Well, then when I had a massive life change when I was 27 or 28, I went to my doctor and I was like, oh, okay, we've got to have a talk. Like wow. we, have, we need to have a moment here where I've, I've never had this feeling inside of myself before. And I think it's always been there. It's always been the social dialogue in my head, but it has gotten so extreme that I don't even want to go outside. Wow. I would much rather live within my confined space I don't know if I can take on this ginormous task. And I realized that's anxiety and I got medicated and I got diagnosed by an actual doctor. We went through all the tests and he was like, wow, you have like severe ADHD. And it was such a realization for me because I didn't want to just get on medication and be, be done with that. I really wanted to study how to cope with these things while being on medication and not feel like I was using my meds as a crutch. And that's a long process, but that really was part of growing into the woman and businesswoman that I am today. It has helped me be more organized. It has helped me to be more focused. It helps me to be goal-oriented during the day. And so I think there's a lot of people out there that talk about mental health, but they're really afraid to go to a doctor and get diagnosed and learn how to work within their symptoms because it's okay to be medicated. And I don't look at it as a bad thing. And if you have severe social anxiety where you don't even like you have a moment where you're like, I really don't want to go see those people and go show that house today. I'm going to make an excuse why not to go. It's going to be detrimental to your business. Yeah. But it's not something that cannot be treated or fixed because a lot of the times it's talking to someone, it's getting medicated, it's going to a doctor. And honestly, it makes you better within your business. And I don't think a lot, I think some people just say, I'm just not built for real estate. I just need to be a transactional coordinator or I'm a behind the scenes type of person. People, I just don't like being around people. That's totally fine. My brother is like that, but there's also, I really want to be a people person. I just can't. That's a different type of thing that's happening. And, and and you're right. It's affecting everything we do. The big serious things, but also Right, like the silliness of social media. The fun that social media can be, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, and so I want you to talk about that because you, you know, you rock awesome red hair. Thanks. I had no I had no idea that you weren't just a natural redhead. No, and, that is and, a lie. <laughs> yeah. So you were telling you were telling me before we started recording, like why you ultimately did that and you know the way it's impacted your business. So Talk, tell us like that story, because I think it really reinforces like how to really dig into brand as who you are 
more than anything? Yeah. So I'm a natural blonde, like I'm a natural honey blonde and I love my natural hair. I've got great hair. I got it from my mom and my dad, like, and I've got long, very beautiful blonde hair. And I was a lifeguard for a lot of summers. I made a lot of money doing it for like a decade. I got to travel to a lot of really cool places and I would get really tan. I would be really blonde. And I would come back to Dallas and I just felt like I was a minion. Like there was just a million (laughs) blonde women who were tall and that were more beautiful than I thought I was. And we were joking that there is a type A Dallas model. Like when you joke about it, and even women joke about it, it's like, yeah, I'm not type A Dallas, which is again, petite and blonde and tan and beautiful. Right. And it's... I started to feel like I couldn't stand out in a way that I felt like I needed to within branding. So I had gotten into the mortgage business and with my natural color and everything. And I just, you know, rocked out my normal pencil skirts and my fashion, everything. And then I think it was May of the first year that I was producing by myself. And I called up one of my girlfriends um, who used to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. And I said, who does your hair dye? And she introduced me to my colorist, Gabe. I went the next day and it was a knee jerk reaction. I had always wanted to be ginger. And I said, I want to be a warm, fiery redhead, but I want to look natural. And I want people to wonder if it's my natural color or not. And he was like, are you sure you've got beautiful blonde hair? And I said, (laughs) I let's do it. And I did it. And I even had headshots done the next day by my friend, Danny. And I called him. I said, Hey, I need headshots like right now. And I showed up and we did it all within literally a 72 hour period. It was such a knee jerk, but it was because I was going to happy hours and I was teaching classes and I was trying to establish myself as different. And I found that my blonde hair made me look younger. Um, At the time, I think it was 26 when I first got into the industry. I looked really young. Um, I kept getting asked whose assistant I was. I got kept, there was a constant question of if I knew what I was talking about. And I, at that time, I really did know what I was supposed to know. I didn't know as much as I know now. I'm way more experienced, sure. but I did know enough to do a mortgage. I had a great mentor. I had a great team under me. So I was very confident in what I was doing, but I was constantly being undermined because of the way that I looked and I looked so young and I didn't stand out from the crowd as much where I would go to a happier. I'm like, yeah, the blonde, the, 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 the tall blonde one. Well, there's like six other women there that were tall and blonde. But when I came out with my red hair, it was so much easier to be like, yeah, the the redhead, uh, uh, Rachel, the redhead, the tall redhead. And it, it just fit really well. And I, it became a part of my branding for a while. I went back blonde for a few years uh, during COVID because it was way easier to maintain because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the red is hard to maintain, but sure, I, just let my I, blonde grow in. I was blonde for a while. And then when I, when I came out of COVID and all the lockdown ended, I went back to being kind of a gingery red and most people have no idea that I'm a natural blonde. It's uh, my Twitter page wow. and my Instagram and TikTok. People are always shocked when they're like, wait, you're not a ginger. And I'm like, no, even my 23 and me says that I am like blonde as blonde can get. (laughs) I would have, and I would have never thought it, you know? Well, that's a good thing. That means that they're doing a good job. That's right. Nothing too crazy, you know? And that, you know, sometimes I think anybody listening to this, that like you struggle to put yourself out there, you struggle to do video. Maybe it, maybe it might take like an extreme change to kind of almost let you take on like this kind of unique persona. 
Yes. So that you can start showing up. I, I think that sometimes people, again, especially men and women, when you, when you had a parent, say you had a parent or a friend that's always been really negative about the way that you look and you value that person's opinion because you love them. Yeah. So for example, you know, my mom is very petite. She's really tiny and I adore her, but like being like really tall and curvy, I am, I look very similar to her in the face, but like my body is almost the opposite of hers. Yeah. So I became very self-conscious about those types of things in my late teen years. And there was a, there was a transformation that happened in my twenties where I got lots of tattoos and I, you know, I eventually dyed my hair and I really embraced my strong body. Cause I was a college athlete. Like my body has done some really cool stuff. Yeah. yeah I don't fit into a size four jean, but like I've climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Like wow. that's really incredible to me yeah. and I needed to love my body for that thing. And like women that have had babies and they're sitting around, they're like, wow, I hate my body. I'm like, your body made a human being right. like my yeah. body's never done that like mine either crap. Like, yeah dude and I always joke with like one of my girlfriends was talking the other day about man I just really hate my arms I really hate my tummy I hate being on camera because I feel like I look so fat and I had to stop her and it's like who's telling you that you look fat and she goes well right. you know it's really I'm my harshest critic but it yeah. really as we dug into it it was something that she had been told by a boyfriend that was really abusive to her so yep. she held on to that trauma and I go you know what that man will never be able to do he will never be able to grow a human being inside of you of himself and give so birth good. to that baby so his opinion is irrelevant that's right and when she started shifting her mindset it changes a lot and she may go to the gym and she may work out but she's going to the gym and she's working out and she's posting videos that she would have felt really negatively about before. But now when she's posting it, she's like, it's a little victory. It's a little champion over all the naysayers. And that's how a lot of people need to look at their social media is it's okay to be scared to put it out there because people will judge you. But at the same time, you're like, it's okay. It's all good. I I did a video three weeks ago with my shirt off (laughs) and it, it was like the the most weird like liberating video i've ever done it's a crazy you know? feeling right it, and and that's not why i did it i was just trying to be stupid <laughs> but since then like i've really thought like deep about it and it's like oh my gosh like i think that unlocked a confidence in me that if i can show up like that this guy that you're seeing right now can show up for anything i so some of the work that i've booked So we'll talk about this in two parts. So I've booked a lot of boudoir and underwear and that sort of thing, because honestly, for a long time, a lot of models that modeled underwear and that sort of thing, if you were curvy or you were buying like over a size extra large in underwear, they would like have like this woman in her fifties that would model it. And you're like, wow, that's, is that what I've, I I went from like, I'm cute and 18 years old to like, I am now a grandmother if I'm going to buy underwear. Right. Right. So I've booked a lot of kind of, there's a whole new movement out on the internet where it's your real body. And so a lot of the underwear ads that I have shot in the past, like three or four years, I don't always post all of them. I post the ones that I'm really proud of, but oh my gosh, some people are like, oh man, you're putting it all out there on the air. And I'm like, 
it's the internet. Like, honestly, I could find someone's social security number tomorrow if I sure. really tried hard enough. Like, yeah. and if the saddest thing that I am doing with my body right now, in your opinion, is putting it out there and being proud of my curves and this body that 10 years ago I would cry over, then heck yeah, like I'm going to do it. And if you're not comfortable with that, that's okay. But even a smaller move from like a business standpoint from my mortgage side is if you go to my Instagram page, which is my Texas mortgage, um, which is separate from my personal page, a lot of the videos that I post, I am not all done up. I am in a sweatshirt. I have yeah. sometimes no makeup on yeah. and my hair's in a top knot and I'm making a funny, stupid video. Or if it's something like yesterday, there was a massive change in the market. I may pop on today with just like, you know, my hair up in a ponytail saying, Hey, this is what happened yesterday. Luckily we're brokers and we will find the best deal on the market for you. Send us like just a little snippet. Yeah. But it's not fully polished. I'm not in a suit. I'm not in like a polished environment where I've got perfect captions on the screen. And you know what? It's real. And it's really me making that video. And it's really my knowledge that's going out there. It's not scripted. Sometimes it is just me talking to the camera. And it's made on my phone. And you know what? I love Some of the most viewed videos that I have are those. Are the videos where I am literally just like... I did one of the Bank of America thing that came out that everyone lost their mind on that it went viral in a day. And I literally was in like a sweatshirt with my hair saying like, not telling you not to do it. I'm just telling you to ask questions. These are the questions you need to ask. I love that. It got a bunch of views because I put it out there. And if you would have told me when I was 16 years old that I would be putting videos on the internet with no makeup on and a hoodie just on the internet for everyone to see and I wasn't polished, I would have thought you crazy. Well, so so talk to me about like how how do you balance personal content versus business content? And then is like modeling content different than personal content? Like, because you've kind of got, you know, like you're tra- starting tomorrow, you'll be out, you know, overseas for two weeks. So like, is that personal content or will you make sure people know you're working, but you're in Europe? Like, how do you find balance in everything that you post about? So I would normally tell most people that if you have a great social media following to have one piece of one uh, social media per platform. So one Facebook was really, really in vogue like eight, nine years ago to have separate Facebooks. And then it was really in vogue to have separate Instagrams and separate Twitter accounts and all that. It becomes a lot to manage. So that's why if you're new to social media, I would recommend do it once because I do one account because honestly, it's easier to manage. You're more than likely, you're more likely to stick with it. Um, For me specifically, Because I am a woman that works in mortgages, there's a lot, I'm a young woman who works in mortgages, who is not banker presenting. I don't wear a suit to work every day. I look great in a suit, but I don't wear one to work every day. (laughs) I don't, I'm I'm not buttoned up and straight laced and I go to work with my briefcase every day, which there is a still still a stereotype about that type of banker. And especially like I work mortgages that are $1.5 million. And sometimes those luxury clients have an expectation of what that person looks like and what that person presents themselves. And if they're going to refer you, they want to refer a specific type of person. However, 
I firmly believe that I am not my job. And Mm. I have always felt that when I was a college athlete, I am more than just a college athlete. When I was an engineering major, I am more than just an engineering major. And the reason that I'm like that has a lot to do with my parents. Um, my mom worked in HR for like 30 years. So I've heard all the horror stories Um, when the, as, as the internet was growing, I got to hear all of them, but then also my dad was an entrepreneur and I watched him become his job and I watched him slowly destroy himself in doing that Mm. to the point where he was hustling so hard. He was forgetting to be a human being, no days off, wake up early, have Pepsi for breakfast, don't eat for the rest of the day, no need for gym, I'm working till 9pm, push, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And I can do that. My friends, when I worked before I did mortgages, used to call me a high heel hustler, because I can show up and I can crush it and I can make a ton of sales. But you start to lose yourself in that. So what I've always told myself is when I am doing social media, I'm presenting my social media with all the facets that I still am as a person. Because if you go to someone's social media page and it is only their kids, it is only their kids on their page. You must think, wow, I I don't have any kids. Would Mm -hmm. I even get along with this person? Like, I don't know anything about them other than they have two kids. Like, or it's just their dog. You're like, Mm -hmm. great, I have a dog. I don't know anything else about you, um, especially if you're a realtor. Like, if or all it's you just post, pictures of houses. If all you post is all your solds, I Blech. don't care. I Get literally could care less. You have the personality yeah. of a cardboard box on social media, <laughs> and I—that is really harsh. But some of y'all have got to hear that. I want to see you making your protein shake in the morning because yeah. you know what. I love protein shakes too. Hey, what type of protein shake do you drink? Oh my God. I love that one too. And you may think that is the dumbest thing. People have made accounts with millions of followers taking pictures of their food. So it is not dumb. It is not stupid. It is giving pieces of your life that you are allowing other people to experience to create connections. That is at the baseline. That is what social media is was intended for networking and finding like-minded people. And if what you're putting out as content is strictly like just carbon copy crap that comes from your marketing department, you, your personality is carbon copy crap. And every time that I come across a realtor's page, that is that way. When I take them out for coffee or if we have lunch or after a closing, you know, I'll say, Hey, why don't you post more videos? Oh, I really, I just don't even know how. And I'm like, well, do you want to watch me make one? Cause I'll show you how to do it right now. I'm like, right, right now. And I'm like, yeah, literally right now. I, love I don't batch. I don't do any of that because yeah. it's too stressful for me. Yeah. I, me at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, I'll be like, Oh my God, that video was so funny that so-and-so posted. I could make that funnier. And I, it takes me like two seconds to make one sometimes. And not everybody is that fast, but it makes it more realistic and more like special. So to kind of round out your question, how I make my personal, how I decide to do that is truly my personal page is I'm a single woman in Dallas. I have a cute dog. Um, I go to the gym and I work out and I love to eat good food. and I love to travel. And then on my work page, it's 
I'm posting things about finance, about money, about how the mortgage market is doing, how to buy a first time home, the credit. I really do separate it out. But at the same time, I have over 10,000 followers on one page. So I take my content from one and I share it to the other so that if anyone on my page, my personal page knows that I do that for a living, they're more than welcome to follow my mortgage page. But if someone's like, I really don't care about your dog and your protein shakes, then, Hey, here's just work. Like, right. Go for it. That's great. That's how I break it up. That is. the Yeah. It's so, it's so smart. And I want people to understand, right? Like you, you didn't make videos in two seconds when you started, you know, it's, it's an evolution. We get better. And, and so again, guys don't, allow yourself like to hear her say that. And then you do the opposite of everything we've said in this episode and you let her being good at it, make you feel inadequate. Everybody has a starting point. And people, the one thing I want to tell people is people have zero idea. If I am sitting and I'm watching a video on my phone, that is eight seconds long, which is usually about the same eight to 10 seconds are the real quick, short reels, right? Yeah. I have zero idea how long it took you to shoot and or post that zero. I honestly don't care. The only times that I care is when it's a video where I'm like, dang, that must've taken a long time to shoot. It's really detailed. Yeah. But if it's someone just lip syncing or pointing or standing there, I do not care, nor do I know how long it took someone to actually make that. So when people are like, oh my God, it will take me 30 minutes to do that. And it takes Rachel two seconds. Well, I've had a lot of practice, but honestly, if you put our videos side by side, most of the time, someone wouldn't know. So you just kind of have to get out there. And what I used to tell people is when you're shooting video, whether you're shooting, I'm going to walk through a house video or you're shooting something funny. And that's the thing is everyone has a different sense of humor. So if you want to post something funny that you liked on TikTok or you liked on Instagram, save that video and make a mental note. I found that really funny because not everybody has the same sense of humor. I thought the corn videos were the funniest thing on God's green earth. And there were a few realtors (laughs) that just thought they were hilarious. And then I had another realtor was like, I just don't get it. And I'm like, it's okay. I've right. enjoyed making it. So it's yeah. like, it's yeah. no big deal. So well, utilize if, your own humor. And if, and if we can get okay with who we are and then create content based on that person, mm-hmm. the right people are going to show up. And, and what I, what I find so fascinating about our industry is for, for the, for the average realtor, if they just had five or six of the right partners, they would double and triple their business, mm-hmm. but they're so focused on, well, I need this video to go viral and I'm, I need 10,000 followers. And it's like, no, you need a dozen yeah. of the right people. So quit being so sad when your video gets a hundred views and just I, keep going. I may, I do more e-commerce business when I refer like an Amazon like product. Yeah. And they use my link or something like that. I do more business. And I know this because I have a friend who works on the back end. I have 10,700 followers on Instagram. I have like 2,500 followers on Twitter. I'm not like a million followers or anything like that. Yeah. But I have loyal followers and I have people that are like, what do you use on your hair? I have a bunch of guys that follow me. So if I refer, Hey guys, if you're going to buy tickets to the Cowboys game, buy it through this link then a lot of them will utilize that link. And I actually will make more sales 
or get more referrals. The amount of people that I pulled from Twitter and from my personal Instagram during the refi boom is insane. Yeah, and I, I very rarely posted about it because, to be honest, business was a little insane. I was trying to be like, okay, guys, yeah. we need a breather here. Yeah. So I wasn't posting about it all the time, but it's absolutely insane. And that's strictly because you do not need to have 10,000 followers. You do not need to have yeah. 20,000 followers. You don't need to have a million. Really and truly, brands, if you're like looking to pair with a brand from an influencer standpoint, they want micro influencers with really yeah. solid, sexy fan bases because those, those people that when you post a video and it gets 100 views, if 10 of those 100 views are raving fan of your, fans of yours, right. you're going to refer people. So you have to put the content out. You also have no idea when something is going to catch. There's no way... Yeah. To master the algorithm, no matter who tells you that right. you can, you can make safe estimations, but there's no perfect formula. Yeah. Believe me, if there was, they'd be selling it, but yep. really and truly, if you post something about houses in McKinney or that Shaq just bought a house in Carrollton or something like that, yeah. and then all of a sudden, three weeks later, it's got 15,000 views and you're like, Why? You don't know. I had a yeah. post about dating in Dallas or Bumble or something that I posted a month ago that went from like 5,000 views to 36,000 overnight. And I was like, I don't yeah. know who shared my video, but someone liked it, you know? We have no idea. And it's, it's just the algorithm. But the thing is, if I never posted that video a month ago, it right. never would have gone viral. Yep. And so when I tell people, push it out. So good. Instagram's doing a weird thing right now where you'll get a hundred views and you'll be like, Oh, I thought I was going to get more than that. I thought it was a really good video. And then three days later, you're at 1500 and you're like, Oh, I well, don't know what happened there, but yay. So Saturday, yeah, woohoo! I put up a video on, on YouTube shorts. Oh, yep. And eight hours later it had zero views. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> so I commented on the video with zero views. Uh-huh. How does this video have zero views? <laughs> In 30 minutes, it was at 2300. It's 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 so it is just so bizarre and unpredictable and the only advice we can give people is freaking show up. It's it's very much freaking show up and I think the the part that's really hard is people like, well, what do I even post about? Yeah. And you're like, post, remember when you knew nothing? And I, yeah. I actually, when I teach classes, that's one of the first things I said is so good. mortgages are not sexy. Mortgages are not fun. But I remember what it was like to know nothing. I remember when I got in this industry, I constantly spelled the word mortgage wrong because there's an extra <laughs> G in it that I think is stupid. Yeah. And I constantly spelled it wrong and people think it's funny. And I'm like, because we've all done it, right? Like everyone has spelled it wrong at some point. And I remember what it was like not to know minimum credit scores for FHA and conventional. I remember what it was like not to know the jumbo limit for the year, like off the top so of good. my head. So start with really basic stuff. The number one question that I get from clients that I'm like, why is your realtor not explained this to you is what is earnest money? Yeah, I have to have that conversation so many times because they're like, what do you mean earnest money? And I'm like, yeah, you're like, it can be like around 1% of the sales price. And you basically put it down. The title company holds on to it. And then of course, if you like just 
cut out of your contract. You can get it back sometimes. Like I have to walk them through that process. But to be honest, the only time I see your earnest money is when I'm proofing it where it came from. And then at closing on the closing disclosure, right? Like, but realtors will hand clients off so often before they've had any conversation like that, which is fine. We don't mind having it. But the other thing you can do is, Hey, realtors, that is not a licensing thing. That's not something that you can't talk about that only loan officers can talk about. Now, interest rates don't talk about that, but you can talk about earnest money. Like what is earnest money? Because the amount of people that have no idea what it is, or when um, I teach a class on condos and how to list a condo properly from a loan officer's perspective, know what's on a condo questionnaire, request the budget from the condo HOA before you list the house. Those Mm. are things that are going to be asked for in the first week of the loan being done that if the listing agent already has it, it makes everybody's lives easier because most HOAs love to drag their feet. And if we're done with the loan sitting around waiting for the HOA to do stuff, the listing agent could have prevented that or could have told us, Hey, this is not going to be a non, this is going to be a non-mortable condo. We need to do financing in a specific way. Call us. We'll shoot a video with you. I have three or four realtors that are calling me that are like, Hey, let's shoot a video at the end of October. And I'm like, let's do it. When I get back, we're on it. Yeah. And it's okay to have a friend do it with you. You know, absolutely. What we're would not be judge you. I, so much, so, so much good nuggets in here. Sorry. And as, as <laughs> no, it's been, it's been amazing. I, I've loved every second of this episode. And as we kind of wrap this up, what would be, if you get one last tip that you can give to realtors in regard to social media, what, what would it be? don't not post because Mm. of you because of what you think someone else will think i have met so many agents that won't even post the anxiety gets so high about posting a, a just sold or we were at closing or i'm so excited for my buyers or hey i just did an open house it was super fun because they get so up in their, again, up in their throat, that anxiety of what if I spell something wrong? That's yeah. fine. Just edit it. Yeah. What if I, what if I forget to attach the picture, then go back and edit it. What yeah. if, what if it, what if it, no one likes it? That's fine because eventually the more you post more people will see it and then yeah. you will have people that like it, yep. you know? And I, and I tell people post it because you're so paranoid about a non-existent thing that may not even happen. Happening. Yes. You're crippling yourself. Well, what if I say the wrong thing and I get canceled? Okay. Well, first off, what are you posting? Like, yeah. you know, like you're, I've literally had people like, well, what if I say the wrong thing? And I'm like, right. you're posting about an open house. Like you're not going to get canceled yeah. over that. Like, right. no right. one's going to like come up to you with a cell phone and be like, why are you hosting an open house? Like, yeah. you know, unless you're, posting spicy stuff on your Facebook page that you probably shouldn't be posting. Right. But, you know, posting about your kids ballet recital, posting about how excited you are for your next trip is okay. And just like kind of like a 1.5 comment is when you're posting those things that are real life events, if you're able to tie it into your profession, no matter what that profession is, yep. it really is, it's the best type of kind of like guerrilla marketing that there is. So, so when you're looking at a beautiful sunset in Key West, Florida, where I used to live and I loved it, 
and you're like, oh my God, this is the most beautiful sunset I have seen in so long. And then at the very end of it, you said, oh my gosh, except for that one open house that I worked in Granbury. Hey, Alicia, do you remember when we worked that open house together? It was just so much fun. Hashtag real estate's a blast. Tag Alicia in it. Alicia will comment on the picture. Oh my God, you're right. That is really close to the sunset that we saw at that one open house. And now everyone that's looking at your picture of that sunset that you posted that has nothing to do with real estate is looking at a beautiful picture. They're getting a viewer time on your content. And if they read the comment, they see, oh, she works in real estate. The amount of people that think I'm a realtor would blow your mind. (laughs) I bet. So it just post it. Don't be so worried about it. If you spell something wrong, you can edit it. But if you never post it, you'll never, ever get the views. You'll never, ever get the content out. You've just got to put it out there. I love it. I, I have. I've already I've written down three things that I'm going to turn into quotes from this episode for social media Perfect. and I'll tag you and I'll tag you in them tag uh, me and I'll share it and boom networking and see, then we're all we're all winning and no Rachel, one had how, to buy an old fashioned we just were able to do it naturally now we could still do that part you know what I'm on for it let's for do it. sure um I have been asked if I'm related to Don Draper before <laughs> hey we'll so. put that to the test I had a martini yesterday it was delicious we can we can flex Come those on. muscles later so Tell everybody as we finish, how do, how do they connect to you and follow you, see what you're doing, all that good stuff? Yeah. So my name is spelled a little bit funny. It's R-A-C-H-A-E-L like Michael. Um, but if you follow my business page on Instagram, it's my Texas mortgage. Okay. Nice and sweet. Um, on Facebook, I'm just Rachel Carter. It's pretty easy. There are a few of us here in Dallas, but I'm the only redhead. Um, but then also, if you want to follow my personal page, it's Miss M-I-S-S period Rachel Carter. Nice and easy. Same thing for Twitter. I awesome. like to keep it nice and simple. But once you follow me on my business page, it's pretty easy to find the rest of the pages from yeah. there, including TikTok. And we'll, um, we'll tag all the links in yeah. the show notes. But that's the best way to connect with me because my email, phone number, all of that stuff is pretty much lined up with all of my social media. So I love it. I'm nice and easy to get a hold of. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a good time. I, I look awesome. forward to doing this again sometime. Yes, there, there will be a part two. Well, I love that. Absolutely. So guys, if you didn't take something from this episode, what are you doing? (laughs) Listen again, because I took notes and I did the interview. So you got to get something from it. It was unbelievable. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with a really cool person with an even cooler story. (laughs) Bye guys. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow and reach out to my guest. Also, please consider sharing and leaving a review wherever you consume this content because this is the world we live in and your review online for others to see is invaluable for the success of this show. And remember, you're amazing. Talk to you soon.